16 will be to 1. The 16 will be to 1. Georgetown, Princeton. 1989, Georgetown, Princeton. Pete Carrill's my hero. Pete Carrill's my hero. Since 2012, four 15 seeds have beaten twos. Norfolk State, 21 point underdog beats Missouri. Huggy hates Stephen of Austin. 14 beat 3. 14 beat 3. 2016. Only twice in the last 18 years have the fives all beat the twelves. Seven years of the first four, one team has always made the second round of the tournament. Since 2000, only once have all the six seeds advanced. That was 2004. College basketball, how you tease us all. You're like the little girl with the curls. When you're good, you're sweet, you're nice. The teams that are supposed to win, win. They look good doing so. But when you're bad, you're a downright disaster. You tease us. You do. You look at Michigan, up and down all year, losing at Northwestern. Who loses Northwestern this year? No one does. And then you reel off nine in a row, including four in four nights, knocking off on back-to-back games in Madison Square Garden, Michigan State, and Purdue. And then there's Wichita State. Oh, Greg Marshall on paper. Landry Shamit shooting 45% from three-point range. Marcus McDuffie was out early while they were winning non-conference games, playing real tough games, almost beating Notre Dame with Bonzi Colson and Matt Farrell. Then McDuffie comes back, right? And everything's going to be fine. Except your adjusted defensive efficiency on Ken Palm is over 100. Your calling card, your signature defense isn't there. And even though you went to Cincinnati and won, then you go home and you lose to those Bearcats by one point. And how about those Bearcats, McCrone's Cincinnati team that really didn't play many people, didn't have a lot of big wins, lost to Florida, non-conference, really didn't have anything to to write home about, spent the whole year 
playing their home games in Kentucky. But they come up with a huge win. Active, high hands, active hands with Mick Cronin. The Bearcats look now like the good side of the girl with the curls. Then there's Rhode Island. Four-guard lineup, senior leadership, overcame E.C. Matthews being out. Jared Terrell looks tremendous, and now they've lost two in a row. Sure, they clinched the A-10 conference title, but blown out by St. Joe's, lost at Davidson. What do we make of the Rams? Early exit? A little 5-12 matchup against Arizona State, maybe? Early versus early? Could be. And then Florida Gulf Coast. Ah, the Eagles. Hashtag Dunk City. How I wanted you to make the NCAA tournament. How I thought you could beat Xavier and upset a one seed by all the predictions. You tease us by giving up 60 to Limscombe in the first half. And then you score 65 in the second half. On fire, showing us just how dangerous a team you could be, only to fall short. So that's college basketball, folks, in a nutshell. There's great things. There's teasing. There's pitfalls. There's disasters. There's upsets waiting to happen. And yet again, we are here on the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast to try to sort it all out for you again. Mike Randall here solo with you. Follow me at Randall Rant. Follow the podcast at SDS Podcast. Giving you your fourth NCAA tournament training montage. And all of this is because I am on the hunt. I'm on a mission. I have a quest for the perfect NCA tournament bracket. It can happen. Miracles happen all the time. People say it's impossible. No, it's not. It's not impossible. There's so many upsets. There's so many things that can happen. Absolutely. And you can get people who get four for four in the final four. You can get three of four. Happens a lot. But the question is, you have to put the time in. You have to analyze the early round matchups. You have to really stress over those eight, nine games. And no one's willing to do that. By I am. I am. Here at the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast, we love college hoops. We live it. We breathe it every day. We debate. We've talked about everything and anything that has to do with the NCAA tournament and with college basketball as a sport. This podcast has been going for a year and a half, and it's been tremendous. Great journey here with Gus. And the first player we ever talked about on this podcast was Connor Frankamp. Connor Frankamp, who was at Kansas and transferred to Wichita State. So that tells you all you need to know about us. We want to be perfect. It's easier to pick those final four teams than it is to pick the first round upsets. And if you get those first round upsets and go a magical 32 for 32, then you are laying the foundation for one day having the perfect bracket, which is my goal and my quest. And I will fight it and I will be passionate about it and I will not stop until I get it. So we've done Joe Lenardi's bracket. We've done Jerry Palm's bracket. And tonight we're doing friend of the podcast, Jonathan Warner's bracket. You can follow him on Twitter at Bracketologist3. You can go to his website, fantastic website, Bracketologist3.wordpress.com. And we're going to look at his Bracketology. He has been on the podcast before, did a great job breaking down the Quadrant 1, Quadrant 2 wins. And we're going to take a look at his bracket and see who would make the Final Four and who would be the national title using at Bracketologist3, Jonathan Warner's bracket. So here we go. We'll start in the South region. And remember here, we care about the 16 versus 16 matchups. We care about those first four games. The first one here that Jonathan has is the Radford Highlanders, who are in from the Big South, going against the Hampton Pirates, projected to win the MEAC Conference. Looking at both of those teams, non-conference strength of schedule for Hampton, 91st. Non-conference strength of schedule for Radford, 123. RPI rank for all of Radford's games, 124. RPI rank for Hampton, 245. 
Radford played three games against RPI top 50 teams, lost all three, Nevada away, Ohio State away, Virginia Tech away, closer than you would think in some of those games. Hampton played away at Virginia, away at Xavier, got blown out in both. What leans me here to Radford? They actually have a win on a neutral court over UC Davis, which is an RPI team between 51 and 100. Hampton doesn't have them. Blown out at Ryder, blown out against Ryder neutral court, and lost away at William & Mary. That's why I'll have Radford moving on here to play to face Virginia, where they will lose to the Virginia Cavaliers, the number one seed out of the ACC. Tony Bennett's done a great job. Kyle Guy's got to get healthy. But assuming they're at full strength, I certainly think that defense will suffocate Radford. Right below it, number eight, Creighton, number nine, Oklahoma. Interesting game would be a high-scoring game, would be a game that you may want to bet the over on, Creighton, Oklahoma. Oklahoma with Trey Young has certainly been an up-and-down team. They were hot early. People were talking about them winning the Big 12. I talked about that in the podcast, and now they've crashed. It's certainly reasonable that Trey Young in Oklahoma can come in and win a game in the tournament. He's that good, leading the country in scoring and assists. I understand that. He's going against a very, very good coach in Greg McDermott. He's going against a team with two outstanding guards, Marcus Foster and Kyrie Thomas. And while Creighton doesn't play a lot of defense, neither does Oklahoma. And guards win in March, and Lon Kruger is a real strong coach, but so is Greg McDermott. So I'll take Creighton here to move on as the eighth seed to the second round. Next game, number five, Ohio State Buckeyes versus number 12, Loyola Chicago Ramblers. This is a dangerous 5-12 game. You know what happens in these games. Ohio State with three big wins. Purdue, Michigan, Michigan State, right off the bat. February 7th, December 4th, January 7th. They haven't been great lately. Got upset by Penn State in Madison Square Garden. They did get Cam Williams back. They do have Keita Bates-Diop. But they're going against the Loyola Chicago Ramblers team that's going to clamp down on you on the outside. This is a team that's dangerous. This is a team that defeated Florida in Florida. We talked about that. All the teams they played in the RPI between 50 and 100, 5-0. Illinois State three times. Southern Illinois twice. You look at Ohio State, the teams they've played 51-100, beat Northeastern, beat Nebraska, Maryland, Stanford, William & Mary. That's fine. But lost to Penn State three straight times. Penn State plays defense. Loyola Chicago plays defense. They're not going to be afraid of the big moment. Ohio State's been playing above its head all year long. Chris Holtman is a phenomenal coach. Keita Bates-Diop, outstanding player of the year in the Big Ten. But I'll take the Ramblers. Rambling on, keeping the 5-12 upset going into the second round. Number four, West Virginia. Number 13, Vermont. When you do these brackets, you have to see the way the season has gone. As Middle Tennessee State has been able to win back-to-back first-round games, because we get to know how great Kermit Davis is. And we get to see Giddy Potts' shooting from the outside. The storyline this year, all year long, has again been Vermont. Don't get feel, fooled that they lost once to Hartford. It's irrelevant. No Anthony Lamb, who was the preseason player of the year in the America East and was the freshman of the year last year. And now he's back. So Vermont has had the spectacular season without him pretty much. He did play in the non-conference. They almost beat Kentucky. You heard John Becker on a podcast talk about how he scheduled up. Tough loss to St. Bonaventure on a neutral court. They were close with Kentucky, only lost by four. Played Marquette very tough. Lost a true road game at Bucknell. This is a team that is super dangerous. And they will advance and defeat West Virginia. They won't be fooled by the press. Smart coach, Trey Belhanes, tremendous point guard. As Gus says, one of the best point guards in the country. That's good enough. I saw Wigington go in to West Virginia with Iowa State and shred that press. Trey Belhanes would do the same, and they have a better supporting cast, and Anthony Lamb is back on the court. So give me the 13-seed Vermont Catamounts to move on 
for a 13-12 matchup in the second round. Continuing the bracket, number six, Miami, number 11, USC. I would have picked USC here until I saw them play against UCLA. At home in a game they have to win, UCLA pulls it out. Can't stop Aaron Holiday. Miami, Larinaga, tremendous coach. George Mason, the whole run, done a nice job in Miami, which really not a basketball school. If he gets Bruce Brown back, this team is a sleeper to make the Final Four. But I think they'll have enough either way against the USC team that really has not played well all year, underachieved the entire year. You still hear Andy Enfield talk about how having DeAnthony Melton, how important that is. I think Miami is better coached. I think Miami has the big man inside to match up with with USC. And I understand Jordan McLaughlin's a strong guard, but Chris Likes has been playing great for Miami. So give me the Hurricanes to move on as a sixth seed. Number three, Auburn. Number 14, Montana Grizz. Love the Grizz. Don't like how Auburn shoots on the road, but the team that tied for the SEC championship, to me, is good enough to get by Montana. It is not going to get tripped up in a 3-14 game. So give me the Tigers moving on. Number seven, Seton Hall. Number 10, Kansas State. You know my thoughts on Seton Hall. You know my thoughts on their coach. Bruce Weber's got guards. Bruce Weber has a dangerous team here in Kansas State. They flashed some moments where they played very, very well. They shoot to three. They're athletic. They're going to get right up in Seton Hall, who has no answers if they get in foul trouble. So give me an upset there. Kansas State Wildcats moving on. And number two, Cincinnati, number 15, Penn. The Ivy League rep, Penn, well done. Cincinnati, after that defensive performance, there's no way they're losing to Penn. If they recreate that defense that they had at Wichita State, they're going to go very, very far. So Cincinnati will defeat Penn and move into the second round. Now let's get to the who's going to make the Sweet 16. Number one, UVA. Number eight, Creighton. Can't see Creighton winning two games with the defense that they play. Can't say it. And it's not as bad as you think. 68th in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency as per Kempom. They don't turn teams over. Only cause 15.8 turnovers per game. That's 314th in the country. So it's not that they're terrible on defense as a whole. It's just they don't force the turnovers. And I can't see UVA losing to a team like that. Because UVA will cause you problems defensively. The question is, can you disrupt their offense? Creighton can't, which means Virginia's going to score. And if you have to choose between between Creighton scoring on Virginia's defense or Virginia scoring on Creighton's defense, I will take Virginia every time. So Virginia moves on to the Sweet 16. Number 12, Loyola Chicago. Number 13, Vermont. That is a tough game. Vermont is not a team that is overly reliant on the three. This would be a fascinating matchup that one of these teams would make the Sweet 16, but I think it would happen. And I think the Catamounts would move on. I think having Trey Bell Haynes changes a lot of things. Having a guard, his quality... Changes everything for them. He was a player of the year in the conference yet again. And I think he is a huge difference maker. So give me the Catamounts and John Becker going on to the Sweet 16. On the bottom, number six, Miami versus number three, Auburn. I just can't like Auburn with their injuries. I can't like Auburn two games in a row when they've been terrible shooting threes recently on the road, winning twice in a row. I can't. So by default, give me Miami to move on, which is a team that I liked with Bruce Brown at the beginning of the year. But him getting injured has changed everything, but it's allowed other players to get better and get more confidence, similar to Vermont, Vermont with Anthony Lamb. So give me the six seed Miami moving on. Number 10, Kansas State. Number two, Cincinnati. I'll take Kansas State here. I don't think that this pack offense mentality of Cincinnati where everyone scores a little bit is going to work. I've been waiting for Jacob Evans and Gary Clark to sort of separate themselves as both 18, 17 point per game guys. And it just hasn't happened. Kane Broom was great. Gus pointed out 28 minutes the other night against Wichita State. He needs to play that much. I don't think he will. And I don't think Cincinnati's offense is good enough to overcome a non-perfect defensive game. And that's what they did against Wichita State. 
So on the road here, I like Kansas State. I like the drive and kick against Cincinnati. I think they're going to out-athlete them. And I think the 10 seed, Kansas State Wildcats, will move on to the Sweet 16 and defeat Cincinnati, who I like. And I love their defense, but I haven't seen it this consistent. I haven't. So I don't think they're going to be able to turn it on and just keep it going. And I just don't think they score enough. I think Jacob Evans was hot the other night. It's best I've seen him play all year. But they've had some clunkers as well. And they'll have another one here for Kansas State. So our four teams in the South region. Number one, UVA versus number 13, Vermont. Number six, Miami versus number 10, Kansas State. I will take UVA to beat Vermont. I think this is a dream run for them, having to defeat Radford. Then Creighton, who plays no defense. Then two upsets in Vermont, potentially, Loyola Chicago. That's not going to test them. That's not the UNC Wilmington of last year who gave them a run for their money. That's not Florida of last year who blew them out. It's not going to happen. I don't think UVA is losing these type of slowdown games. And all of these teams are going to do that, and UVA is going to do it better. So they're going to be the Cavaliers to move on, where they will face the Miami Hurricanes. Jim Laranega is getting this team hot. Many people thought that they had a chance at the ACC title. Bruce Brown, if he's back, I think this is lock. If he's not back, I think it's close. I think he'll find his way back somehow onto the court. I think he will play. And I think they will be able to defeat a Kansas State team that will have a very nice run, but who will not be able to string together three solid games as they haven't all year. So the finals of your South region is number one UVA and number six Miami. And that to me is easy. UVA, again, moves on with their superior pack line team defense with a great coach in Tony Bennett and win a close game and a low scoring game against the Miami Hurricanes to be your representative from the South region. And now we'll slide down to the West region, right below the South region. Number one, Kansas Jayhawks here for Jonathan against number 16, Iona Gales. The Iona Gales out of the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference have only beaten one team in the RPI Top 100, and that's Ryder. So that's going to be a tough one for them as they lose to the Kansas Jayhawks in the first round. Number eight, Missouri versus number nine, Florida State. This one is totally determined by a side-by-side comparison between two very similar teams. Missouri, 20 and 11. Florida State, 20 and 10. Missouri, 10 and 8 in the SEC. Florida State, 9 and 9 in the ACC. Against teams in the RPI top 50, Missouri has four wins. Florida State has seven wins. Missouri's wins, all home. Florida State's won at Florida, at Louisville, and at Virginia Tech. Against the RPI 50 to 100, though, you see that Missouri actually is very, very solid. They beat Alabama away. They beat Mississippi State at home. They won at South Carolina. They won at UCF. They beat Georgia at home. St. John's on a neutral court. Wagner at home. Florida State, between 50 and 100 RPI, only defeated Boston College and then four losses. The big key here is Michael Porter Jr., who looks like he's going to come back. So I'm going to put Missouri. Moving on, assuming Porter Jr. comes back from what I'm hearing, over Florida State, given the fact their resume has been pretty much equally as impressive as Florida State without probably their best player. Next game, number five, Gonzaga, number 12, New Mexico State. People are going to love New Mexico State. Jamario Jones, one of the most underrated players in the country. Gus talks about him and how great he is. His undersized rebounding is outstanding. Gonzaga is hot, folks. They're playing very well. They're pounding San Francisco today. They have a great coach in Mark Few. Very balanced. Killian Tilly now playing big, big minutes. 
defending inside, hitting threes, impossible matchup. They will move on against New Mexico State. Number four, Arizona versus number 13, Louisiana Lafayette. Louisiana Lafayette likes to run. They will pressure Arizona. But I find that in the first round, teams with solid big men at these big conferences usually do not get upset. It is very difficult to upset a team if they have a solid big man because your smaller schools usually aren't as big. Those players tend to go to your larger schools. You have big size and you're a good player. You're going to get swooped up by a, a very high major program. And that's why this matchup is going to be tough. It's DeAndre Ayton. It's that simple. Arizona as the four seed moves on. Number six, Florida. Number 11, Texas. I love Texas. Very happy for Shaka Smart. Going to get himself a new contract. But they're all sorts of banked up. Andrew Jones, of course, is out. Eric Davis is out because of the investigation. Mo Bamba is hurt. Florida has experience. They have strong guards with Chioza. Jalen Hudson's been outstanding. Kayvon Allen seems like he's going to start coming around now. and has been playing very well lately. I just don't see how Florida loses this game. Gators will move on. Number three, Michigan. Number 14, Charleston. Michigan has been very, very hot. If they played a 8-9 or 7-10-like game, they could get upset like last year when they made the big run to the Big Ten tournament and then only beat Oklahoma State, an undermanned Oklahoma State team, only by one. But I think that with Mo Wagner inside, as Gus says, they will be able to move on. Number seven, Arkansas. Number 10, Butler. Neither team is great away from home. But Gafford inside for Arkansas is a difference maker. It's size inside. It's rebounding. And Arkansas is going to push the ball here against Butler, which I do not think is the same as your Brad Stevens, Chris Holtman, Butler team. So Arkansas will move to the next round where they will play North Carolina, who will dispose of Wright State. North Carolina has trouble against teams with large athletic big men inside. Hint, hint, spoiler alert. But I don't think they will have trouble with Wright State. Second round here in the West region. Kansas will play Missouri. I think Kansas will defeat Missouri. I don't think Missouri can put it together for two games. I think this is scary, a scary game. I think this is a Northern Iowa game for Kansas, but I will put Kansas through one more round there with Graham, the Big 12 Player of the Year, having two solid games in a row. Number five, Gonzaga versus number four, Arizona. I changed my tune on this. I did like Arizona. We now know that Raleigh Alkins, Alonzo Trier, and DeAndre Ayton Ayton will all declare for the NBA draft, and they will go in there on a loss to Gonzaga, who is every bit as big inside as they are. Jonathan Williams will be able to bang around Dusan Ristic. They have solid guys off the bench. Kispert makes some shots, as Gus said. Norvell as well. A few versus Ron Miller. Gonzaga wanting to prove himself against Arizona. They have a pretty good success against Arizona as well lately. I like the Zags moving on there as a five seed in a slight upset. Number six, Florida. Number three, Michigan. I will take Michigan moving on. I think Florida's up and down and inconsistent play will hurt them here. I think once Michigan gets hot, they will play well. Very rarely do they have two bad shooting games in a row from three. Usually it can happen on an away court. Usually it can happen when they're not playing at home and they're not used to the rims. That did happen in MSG against Iowa. They got very, very cold there for a while. But it won't happen two games in a row. And I don't think Charleston has the manpower to defeat them. So I think the Wolverines will easily move over Florida. Sort of a reverse of what Florida did to UVA last year into the Sweet 16. Next, Arkansas versus UNC. I just talked about it. Like Arkansas here. UNC has tremendous wins. They have 11 Quadrant 1 wins this year. We talked about that. That's the most in college basketball. But they also are undersized. And if you can match up Luke May and limit him, it's pretty much becoming Joel Berry and everyone else shoots from three. 
then that's not going to be good enough. Arkansas will be every bit the runner that North Carolina will, and they will get up and down the floor in a hurry with North Carolina. They gave them enough trouble last year when North Carolina won the national title. Arkansas has a lot of guys back from that team, and they would be licking their chops to play them again in a game where they may have more talent, actually, top to bottom than North Carolina. So the seven-seed Arkansas Razorbacks would move on and defeat North Carolina, would love this matchup, feel very confident about it. So in the Sweet 16 in the West, we have number one, Kansas, number five, Gonzaga, number three, Michigan, and number seven, Arkansas. I can't see Kansas putting three great games in a row. I can't see Kansas, after losing all those games I talked about with Gus, to Stanford and Wichita State and not being able to put Michigan away and losing to VCU and losing to Ali Farouk Manesh in the second round. I can't see them putting three great games together in a row when they've been so spotty this year, when they've lost four games at home. And Gonzaga will be ready to match with them and ready to beat the big school. They're not intimidated. They almost won the national title last year. So give me the Zags and Mark Few, the five seed, upsetting number one Kansas. And on the bottom to go into the Elite Eight, I will take Michigan to continue their hot roll. Beeline over Mike Anderson. Gafford inside, not being able to handle the backdoor cuts and the motion offense and the strong backdoor open shots, pull-up jumpers depth that they have at Michigan. Wolverines will move on here to go into the Elite Eight where they will play Gonzaga. And I will take the Zags to defeat Michigan and move in to the final four from the West. This is a shocker. I love Michigan. I really do. This team in Gonzaga, though, with the experience from last year, with the multiple bigs inside, They don't have to shoot the three well. They will run on Michigan. I think that when Gonzaga plays a team that doesn't have a great point guard, they could match up very, very favorably. And I like them against Kansas. I certainly do as well. But I think even though Devontae Graham has had a fantastic year, I think that their overall depth and Kansas's lack of depth will put them through there. And I think they match up very, very favorably to Michigan. Michigan was won the Big Ten tournament. I think it's asking a lot to continue to go back to the final, to continue to make the final four. They slowed down even a little bit last year against Oregon. I think that may happen here. Gonzaga's built to score in many more different ways with Rory Hashimura than Michigan. And I think Hashimura is the guy who comes off the bench that they do not have an answer for. He's a difference maker. He wins the game here himself. So Gonzaga, as a five seed, moves on to the final four, going back-to-back final four trips in the West region. They will be in the same area as UVA, and they will play against each other to play for the national championship game. And before we get to the last two regions, folks, we get asked all the time, Gus and I, about who we like, the lines, Vegas lines. We do hashtag SDS lines as well. Who's going to win the games? Where are the underdogs? What's going on? But we also get asked where we're going to bet. And folks, where you're going to bet is more important than who you're going to bet on. So that's why we always tell you to go to mybookie.ag. And this is very important because there is a special now for Screen the Screener podcast listeners at mybookie.ag, sign up for an account, type in the promo code SDS. That's right. Type in the promo code SDS and you will get a 100% cash bonus. That means on your first deposit, you will get 100% of that back. Deposit $50, 
they give you an extra $50. Deposit $100, they give you an extra $100. Deposit $500, they give you $500. 100% bonus as long as you use the promo code SVS. You guys know who's going to win. You think you can beat Gus and I. You think you know it better than we do. Great. Prove it. Lay down some cash and win big today at mybookie.ag. We wouldn't recommend this service to anyone if we didn't use it ourselves and it wasn't good to us and it's been great to us and it can be great to you. We're urging you to go to mybookie, use the promo code SDS for up to 100% cash bonus. They have live in-game wagering, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now. Get the 100% bonus, promo code SDS. Visit my bookie today. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag. All right, now we'll slide over to the East region. First game is going to be the 16 seed playing games. Arkansas Pine Bluff Golden Lions out of the SWAC versus the Nickel State Colonels out of the Southland. Love SWAC basketball, you know that. In this game, I'm going to go with the Nickel State Colonels. Reason being... While neither team has any major wins against the top RPI, Nichols Colonels have a better RPI rank. All of their games, their RPI rank is 140 versus the RPI rank of Arkansas Pine Bluff of 311. And their non-conference RPI is 171, Arkansas Pine Bluff's non-conference RPI 346. And most importantly, against those RPI teams ranked 200 plus, Nichols this year is 17-0. and 0. They have not lost to a team with a poor RPI, whereas Arkansas Pine Bluff is 12 and 13. Mixed results. So I'll take Nichols State moving through against number one Villanova, and the Villanova Wildcats will certainly advance there. The number one seed in the East region, they will move on. Next game, eight seed of Virginia Tech, ninth seed at St. Mary's. St. Mary's is not great on a neutral court. St. Mary's plays no defense whatsoever. Virginia Tech plays in the much tougher conference. They will have athletic bigs that will slow Jock Landell. So give me the Hokies and coach Buzz Williams in his fourth year, making an impact and winning a game in the NCAA tournament, moving on to the second round. Number five seeded Kentucky versus number 12 seeded Buffalo. Love the 5-12 matchups. You know that. Already have Loyola Chicago winning over Ohio State. I don't see Kentucky losing this game. I think the athletic difference between them and Buffalo is too great. I would love them against a Vermont. I would love them against a Middle Tennessee State. I don't see that here. So give me Kentucky moving past Buffalo, past the Bulls, into the second round, even though it's a 5-12 matchup, where they will face the Wichita State Shockers, who will defeat Murray State. Murray State will be live in this game. Murray State will be able to contend. They will really pressure out on the three-pointers of Wichita State. And while I have cooled on them, as the last podcast was Wichita State Divorce, I have not overly cooled on them to the fact that I would have them out in round one. I do think Landry Shamit is worth one win, as as well as head coach Greg Marshall. So Wichita State also moves on. The playing game here is interesting. Number 11, we have Alabama versus Providence. That's a close one. That's a toss-up. I like Ed Cooley. I like Bullock. I like what's going on in Providence. You can call me crazy. I'm going to stay with Alabama here. I'm, I know Avery Johnson's been disappointing. And listen, Alabama may not even make the tournament. But I think Providence has also been spotty and very up and down. So I will take Alabama to win. But because they have been so very spotty and really have played poorly down the stretch, I will take sixth-ranked TCU to defeat them. So they would not be the play-in game winner moving on. 
Looks like there's going to be one in the Midwest then. And they will lose Alabama to TCU. TCU move on to the next round. Number three, Michigan State. Number 14, UNC Greensboro. Michigan State is loaded. They have depth. They're going to be angry off a big layoff. They will be totally healthy as well. Love Michigan State in this tournament and love them to move on as well over UNC Greensboro. Number seven, Texas A&M. Number 10, St. Bonaventure. This is a brutal game because Texas A&M should be able to pound St. Bonaventure up front with their bigs. But they have terrible karma. They've played poorly. They probably don't even deserve to be in the tournament. So give me the senior guards of Mobley and Jalen Adams and Coach Mark Schmidt to advance and move on and defeat upset number seven, Texas A&M. Bottom game number two, Duke, number 15, Wagner from the Northeast Conference. The Dukies move on with their size too much for the small school there with Carter and Bagley. Next round. Number one, Villanova. Number eight, Virginia Tech. Nova will advance here. This is going to be a game that's going to be up and down. There's going to be some, a lot of fast breaks, a lot of exciting basketball, but Villanova will just take this game over. Jalen Brunson could be the player of the year. In my mind, he is the national player of the year. I think he is. And Villanova will not get upset like they did against NC State in the second round a couple of years ago at ACC foe. They will move on to the Sweet 16, where they will face the winner of number five, Kentucky, number four, Wichita State. Maybe Wichita State's destiny is to actually have a good tournament, but not a great tournament. Would love Wichita State against Kentucky. This is the type of team they need to play. This is the matchup they can take advantage of. Everybody scores five. Jared Vanderbilt only plays 10 minutes, gets 11 rebounds. Quade Green is off. Gildress Alexander is hot in the first half, but cold in the second half. Not a lot of scoring from Richards and the bigs inside. I would love Wichita State here. I'd actually be more worried about Wichita State against Murray State than I would be against Kentucky. Shockers move on here as the fourth seed. On the bottom, six seed TCU, third seed of Michigan State. Can't see TCU with their defensive issues beating Michigan State. They'll try to score. Michigan State will score more. Michigan State has more depth. They still don't have Jalen Fisher at point guard, so they're not going to be able to take advantage there with Michigan State. Could be a weakness of theirs. So I like the Spartans to move on easily here. On the bottom, number 10, St. Bonaventure, number 2, Duke. This is not the matchup you want. Gosh, Texas A&M could do wonders against Duke if they actually cared and had cohesive chemistry on this team, which they don't. So give me the Duke Blue Devils, number 2, moving on. This is a chalk bracket. It's the only one that I have. 1, Nova, 4, Wichita, 3, Michigan State, 2, Duke. In the top, Wichita State's dream would end here. Villanova would, in fact, move on and knock out the Shockers and make the Elite Eight with Jay Wright. So Coach Wright and the Wildcats move on where they will face Michigan State. This is a perfect matchup for Michigan State. They played Duke earlier in the year. They're going to want payback. Duke's going to play that zone. Cassius Winston's going to shred it. They're going to be going back and forth. Love Michigan State. Absolutely here to get payback against Duke from earlier in the year when I thought they were going to win. And Michigan State moves on to play Nova. And the Final Four representative from the East region will be the Michigan State Spartans. I just don't see Nova getting there. It's almost too easy for Nova this year. And I know Michigan State has the bad chemistry. And I know Jalen Brunson could eat them up. But I also think Michigan State is going to have good bench play. I think they could get some foul trouble going here for the Wildcats. I don't know if Amari Spellman is quite ready for this. So give me Michigan State moving on to the Final Four from the East region. And our last region here is the Midwest. Xavier will face Limscombe. 
Would love to go Limscombe because it was Florida Gulf Coast and it's the same conference here. But I will take Xavier to not get upset this time against 16 seed Limscombe. I will have Xavier moving on there. Number eight, Rhode Island. Number nine, NC State. Don't like how Rhode Island's playing. Don't like the matchup with Omar Yurt seven. Like Kevin Keats. Like what he's doing there with NC State. If Rhode Island gets hot again and wins the A-10 tournament, this could go the other way. But they don't shoot the three well, which is one way you can really get after NC State. So give me the Wolfpack and a slight upset as the nine seed moving on. Number five, Clemson versus number 12, Middle, Middle Tennessee State. I talked to Gus on the podcast about this last night, and I said I will advance Middle, I will advance a team that plays Clemson without even hearing who they're playing. And certainly if they were playing Middle Tennessee State, I would feel uber confident in the Blue Raiders moving on there. Love Coach Davis and what he's got going on. Nick King will do some damage inside with no Grantham there for Clemson. Number four, Texas Tech. Number 13, South Dakota State. Mike Daum represent. You heard Brad Evans talk about how he thinks he you know, deserves to be an All-American team but isn't going to make one. Texas Tech is going to get healthy. Zach Smith is back. They could use to win a game or two and then get knocked out of the Big 12. They need rest badly, and I believe in Coach Beard, who just got a nice extension for Texas Tech. So give me the Red Raiders to win handily against South Dakota State and get on to the second round. Number six, Houston versus the winner of UCLA Baylor. I said it before, so you know it's coming. Best player on the floor here is Aaron Holiday. A soft Baylor zone is not going to stop UCLA. Certainly, I like what Coach Alford is doing. He's had a, a tough year losing the players early. Hines is a nice player for them. Welsh inside is a solid college big, and they will do very well against Baylor and win. And not only will they win there, they will continue on and, of course, continue the tradition and upset the six-seeded Houston Cougars, who has had a nice job for Cam- Kelvin Sampson this year. Rob Gray's a good scorer, but on the road, they're a different team. Aaron Holiday, best player on the floor, tremendous player, really have has been outstanding, and I sold him way too short beginning of the year. Give me UCLA to continue the tradition and move on. Would love them in this spot to beat Houston. Number three, Tennessee. Number 14, Bucknell. The rebounding, the physicality, Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, too much to handle for Bucknell. So give me Tennessee to move on there. Number seven, Nevada versus number 10, Arizona State. Boy, did I think about this one for a long time. Nevada is shorthanded. They don't have a point guard. Arizona State has been very, very up and down. They shoot the three well, but they've been in and out of games. Trey Holder is cold and he's hot. Shannon Evans, you never know what you're going to get. You especially don't get a lot of him against Arizona. I'm actually going to stick with Nevada. I'm going to put Nevada through here as a seven seed. The Martin brothers have been very impressive. Forget the San Diego State game. They didn't need it the other night. They don't have a big bench, but they can score, and they're dominating inside, and Arizona State's not big. So give me Jordan Caroline and the crew to advance and get by Arizona State, where they will face the Purdue Boilermakers, who will easily handle UC Davis after their long layoff here from the Big Ten to get healthy. Vincent Edwards should be able to heal up there with his issues with his ankle, and Purdue will move on. Now let's see who makes the Sweet 16. At the top, this should come as no surprise. Number one, Xavier. Number nine, NC State. I don't like Xavier. I'm not into them this year. Last year, they caught lightning in a bottle on a magic carpet ride. From my experience, folks, and, and, and tweet me. Tweet the show at SDS Podcast or myself at Randall Rand. I don't know many teams that had the magic carpet ride the year before, then come back and do it again in the NCAA tournament. I can't think of anybody who does that. So if you remember a team like that, let me know. But I feel like Xavier used all their mojo up last year. 
And I like NC State to upset them here with their three-point shooting. Got a couple guys off the bench that shoot well. And I, I like them to upset Xavier and move on here to the Sweet 16. Number 12, Middle Tennessee State. And number four, Texas Tech. Love the Red Raiders here. I think it would be a close game. I think Middle Tennessee would play very well. But Texas Tech's defense will be stifling. And Keenan Evans would have a big, big game. Remember, he was hurt for a while. When he went out, they were pretty much a one seed. And in my eyes and a lot of people's eyes, now they got him and Zach Smith back. So Texas Tech upsetting my Blue Raiders and moving into the second round there as a four seed. On the bottom, number 11, UCLA, number three, Tennessee. I don't think UCLA stops here. I don't think the magic ride stops. I think the Tennessee is a team that was predicted low in the SEC. They tied for the SEC championship, and that's a great job by Rick Barnes. But he's gotten on Grant Williams before, saying he can be a little bit in and out of games. They also sometimes can miss their threes on the road, and I like Welsh and Holiday. Love that combination. Love Alford as a coach. UCLA will win a third game. They will beat Baylor number one. They will beat Houston number two, and they will beat Tennessee to go into the Sweet 16 as the 11 seed. Nevada versus Purdue, not the matchup that Nevada wants here. Purdue has a big, Purdue can shoot the threes. They have some bench guys now. Eastern's playing well coming off the bench, so Purdue will advance. This is a nice blow-up bracket. There's always one. You got the eight-seed NC State Wolfpack. You got four-seeded Texas Tech. You got the 11 UCLA Bruins, and you got number two Purdue Boilermakers. In the top part, love Texas Tech there. I think NC State's tough when you're rebuilding like Kevin Keats and you're doing overachieving like you are right now. In that situation, I would love Texas Tech. They're very hot, and it's amazing, folks. When you get these draws, sometimes things get really, really hot. I could see Texas Tech moving on. On the bottom, UCLA's run run ends. Aaron Holiday, Carson Edwards, he's going to be able to, to slow him down a little bit. Isaac Haas is going to do some things inside. I think Purdue is one of those games where they're lightning hot from three, and the Boilermakers move on. Number four, Texas Tech, and number two, Purdue. I am going to go with Texas Tech. I put that tweet out before on the weekend. I don't think this is the face, Matt Painters, that is, of a Final Four coach. So I think Texas Tech and Coach Beard out of the Big 12, as hot as they've been playing, would advance and would beat Purdue. And you would see a Purdue team that maybe now Vincent Edwards' injury would start to play a toll because he'd have to play a lot of games now in a short period of time. Two, then rest and come back, go back-to-back. Maybe that second back-to-back is a little tough for him. Don't like Painter. Love Beard. Number four, Texas Tech is your last Final Four team, giving us a one-seed in Virginia, five seed in Gonzaga, a three seed in Michigan State, and a four seed in Texas Tech. UVA versus Gonzaga. I will pick Gonzaga. Yes, I will pick a team from the West Coast Conference to go back to back to the national championship game. They will defeat UVA. You would think I'm nuts, folks, that Gonzaga from the West Coast Conference will go back to back to the national title game, even when they don't shoot the three well. But I do think that Kispert and Norvell and Rory Hashimura will be a horrific matchup until he now shoots the three. I think they will shoot the three enough in that game that they will be able to break out UVA out of their shell. I think that UVA is limited offensively. I'm with Gus. I don't think they can put six good games in a row together. They lost at home to Virginia Tech. They struggled against Bonzi Colson when Guy got hurt. I would take Gonzaga with their experience and Mark Few to make the championship game as a five seed out of the West. I can hear Gus cheering when he's listening to this right now. And they will face... 
the Michigan State Spartans with Miles Bridges, with Tom Izzo, with Cassius Winston, with the best bench in the entire country, with options. They will limit the turnovers against Texas Tech. They will have more firepower. And I love Texas Tech, and I want to put them through. But I think the talent in Michigan State will prevail. And I think they will make the championship game in what would be a phenomenal game between Gonzaga and Michigan State. And folks, I can't believe I'm saying this. I would predict the Gonzaga Bulldogs to upset Michigan State. I love the Spartans. I love Spartan Nation. But with everything that's gone on this year and with their inability to solve the turnover problem and with their issues at point guard, which will not bother Josh Perkins because there's not a great point guard on Michigan State, and with Rory Hashimura becoming this incredible national name, which he can be, like a Giannis Antetokounmpo, with a phenomenal NCAA tournament, the Gonzaga Bulldogs would win the national title. That's right. Believe it or not, it's all about the matchups. My final four is UVA, Gonzaga, Michigan State, and Texas Tech, and Gonzaga would win it. I just will take Mark Few. I will take their experience and their hunger over the bad karma of Michigan State, over the no point guard of Michigan State, over the high turnovers of Michigan State. I would take Gonzaga. There is your 2018 NCAA champion. That is training montage number four, folks. We've done this. Make sure to review the podcast on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating and a comment. We'd love you for it. Go to RandallRant.com. We got uh, our, our podcast up there. We got some short corner articles. Follow me on Twitter at RandallRant, the podcast at SDS Podcast, and my partner Gus, of course, fantastic follow at CKerns12. Keep practicing. Practice makes perfect. We are less than a week away. The brackets will be out a week from now. We will be fired up. But you can't be expected to pick the perfect bracket in just four days if you don't practice yourself. And that's what we're doing here. And if you notice, it's a fluid situation. Take the information from the games. Go with your gut. We've watched the games all year. Take our comments and win this bracket challenge for yourself. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you.